All right, everybody, welcome to the 332nd edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Sage. Man, MLB is back, and I am hyped about it, bro. <laughs> got to see the one of the weirdest games ever with the Red Sox and Orioles day one, so I'm very ha- happy about baseball being back. But you know what? This is a basketball podcast, so let's talk about Anthony Black our deep dive of the week on future Fridays. So I'm very excited about that. I know Dustin's a lot less excited about it, but here we are. I'm I'm always excited to to talk draft. It just, (laughs) there's no, like, I love talking draft, whether I like the prospect or whether I don't like the prospect, whether I'm lukewarm about their potential outcome. I still love the research. I love looking at the statistics, the, the fit, uh, the past prospects that they remind me of and how I thought of them and how they actually turned out. No, I, I love that process. Uh, the, the next member of the Future Friday breakdown is Arkansas uh, guard Anthony Black. Anthony Black is a 6'7", 195-pound uh, playmaker. He is from Duncanville, Texas, freshman. Uh, he is 19 and a half years old. Uh, the wingspan is yet to be determined. Uh, if you go by rivals.com, one of the, the three five stars that Arkansas uh, brought in, uh, he was considered the fifth best shooting guard in the class of 2022 and the 20th player overall nationally. Uh, if you look at the ringer, they have him as the number 11 overall prospect. And if you look at Tankathon, they are even higher on Anthony Black, putting him uh, number eight on their big board. Uh, Arkansas recently saw their 2022-2023 season come to a close, uh, losing to the Connecticut Huskies in the Sweet 16. That was right. That was coming off the heels of their massive upset over number one seed, Kansas. Uh, So the season is over. In totality, Anthony played 36 games for the Razorbacks, averaged 12.8 points, did so on 45% shooting from the field, 30% shooting from three on just about two and a half attempts per night, shot 71% from the line, uh, pulled down five boards, handed out four assists, uh, two steals, and three turnovers in 35 minutes per night. Uh, There was a lot of ups and downs for the Arkansas Razorbacks. They had high hopes this year, bringing in that crazy recruiting class. Uh, Nick Smith was in and out of the lineup, and they didn't really get a chance to but one one of the one constants in that program this season was Anthony Black. And you, you saw the highs and you saw the lows. The highs was clearly the upset over Kansas. The lows was just the shellacking at the hands of that buzzsaw. That is the, the Connecticut Huskies. And if we're, we're looking at Anthony Black, Sage, it, it, he is a unique prospect because you don't see many six, seven uh, floor generals that that come through the the ranks, and I think that is why you're seeing him so high on a lot of these big boards is just because of the uniqueness of the prospect. It's not your traditional six one six two point guard. It's not your traditional seven foot big man who has the back to the basket. Like it is a a a new archetype. Like when you're building your two K archetype, Anthony Black is now an archetype that you can have. You can have a six seven of uh, a uh, playmaker that can essentially be your uh, point guard. Like when, when, you know, Sean Livingston came out of the 20, 2004 draft class, he was like, okay, this is the first time we've seen this since magic. And now you're starting to see that come a little bit more often, but it's still unique enough to where he has his, I think his stock is firmly in, in the lottery. 
Obviously, we've seen a player like Ben Simmons, uh, another you know six ten playmaker, but Lonzo Ball is is another uh, player who has the height and in the the passing and you know floor vision. But what what really stands out to you, Sage? I'm going to let you go in on Anthony Black first because you are, I think, much higher on yes, him yeah. and I, his. I, I mean, we, if anyone listened to the last, than I am. If anyone listened to the last podcast that we released, we we got a little spicy about our uh, opinions on Anthony Black and Jalen Hood Shafino. But I remember you asking me, like a few months ago, who matches well with Shaden better between the two Arkansas players. Anthony Black and Nick Smith. And I said Nick Smith because I was worried about Anthony Black shooting. And it shit hasn't changed. He's still a bad shooter, but I just fell in love with his playmaking vision and passing. I think that that's where we have to start because I you mentioned it. He is a floor general. Like I trust him to make the right decision at the right time. I think we have to say Arkansas as a whole, when their sharpshooting big got hurt, their spacing was awful because you had Jordan Walsh, you had all of these non-shooters surrounding Anthony Black, and he's not a good shooter. I think he's a willing shooter, which, you know, with Ben Simmons, unwillingness to shoot, it's so much worse. Anthony's willing to shoot, but every time he drove... It was in a crowd of four people because, like, why would you let non-shooters have any any once they shoot, you win that possession. If it goes in, it goes in. So he had to have the most difficult spacing issues in the out of any of these lottery bound players because he's just driving into three dudes whenever he drives. And that's where his that's where I see the offense coming from is from the drive. But. With Arkansas, it's hard to really see it. And then you look at his drive numbers, and it's awful because he's driving into multiple dudes. Like, you know, there there is a floater that has some touch to it, but the numbers are awful because of the statistic, like the 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 spacing on the court. So it's it's difficult to look at with his scoring, but the playmaking is just so good. Like Yusuf Nurkic or whoever the big is on this team is going to fall in love with. Anthony Black's vision because there were some passes early in the season which I, there was no window but he created a window and created open shots for his teammates. I think playmaking and the the creativeness to dribble and create shots for others is the thing that I look at the most. And I know me saying that with AJ Griffin being so obsessed with him last year kind of weird but Desmond Bain too uh 2020. I mean the, the thing you always harped about in this year, Little, was the lack of uh, spacing. And but, so it's, 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 he, it's a little odd to me. To dribble. It's just a little odd to me that you used to harp on prospects for not being able to shoot, and you're falling in love with a player who's a It's the passing. Is, it, 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 it's absolutely the, the vision and the passing. Like, when I play NBA 2K, I'm the point guard. I, I see the stuff that he sees, and then there's some passes that I'm just like, why are you doing that? There's nothing. Oh, there's something there. And he creates just these beautiful passes. Passes. So that's what made me fall in love with him. I really wish I didn't fall in love with him because of the negative issues that we will talk about. But the playmaking, the passing is just so captivating to me that it just made me fall in love with what Anthony Black can do as a 6'7 point guard. And the fact that Arkansas empowered him 
to be that point guard at six seven because he was people thought he was a two because of how tall he is. But they empowered him to be the one to take all of the responsibilities for all the decision making. And Jesus, like all of those interior passes that he does is crazy. And he also can hit the wide open shooter. So the passes is just fantastic to me. Like, I know we're going to get on to the negatives, but I just had to harp on his playmaking. No, I I, I agree. I, I do think you see the the flashes of brilliance with with the court vision. I do think he will benefit from NBA oh, spacing. Yeah, I think he's number one. What I would temper expectations a bit when it comes to the playmaking. I know assists per game isn't the the end all be all. But when I when I look at a player like Anthony Black, the the immediate comparison everyone's is, is they're going to go to Lonzo Ball, and I don't go to Lonzo Ball as an NBA player. I go to what I saw from Lonzo Ball at UCLA. Big Ducks fan, I saw a ton of UCLA games that season with with Lonzo, and he was I think a couple of tiers ahead of Anthony Black at this stage in in their career. Like he had Showtime at Pauley Pavilion. Uh, this is when the Lakers were, were trash, and Lonzo UCLA was the show. Like you wanted to go watch them play. And at UCLA's freshman season, he averaged uh, seven and a half assists per game. Black is closer to the, the four to five and he's you know turned the ball over three times per night. And, and I get it. Like it does take two to tango. This, the spacing is, is a bit of an issue. But if I think that Lonzo Ball as a prospect was top five, my biggest beef right now with Anthony Black is where people have him slated to go. I, I just do not see a lottery type of prospect given given the blemishes that he has for a modern NBA game. If this were 2000, you could get away with him not being able to shoot because defenses, they don't adjust. They, they don't, you know, obviously the zone defense wasn't allowed back in the beginning of the millennium. Um, you had to play man, like teams just weren't as smart as identifying weaknesses, weak links on offense. It really wasn't until 2015, 2016, when we really saw that. And the first thing that popped out in my mind was when the Warriors essentially said, Andrew Bogut, you're just going to free freelance on Tony Allen and just beg him to shoot. And I do think teams are going to, to beg him to shoot. And the reason why I am very concerned about Anthony Black as a prospect it has to do with a, a previous prospect that it was the first draft class that we decided to talk about on the Holy Backboard when I first met you. Uh, there were two point guards in that draft class. One was Damian Lillard. The other was a guy I was enamored with, Kendall Marshall from University of North Carolina. His team just absolutely thrived when he was on the court and just struggled mightily when he was off the court. He was a playmaker. He got his teammates involved, made the right pass at the right time. And he was out of the league before his first year, first contract expired. And that was because he wasn't the best, uh, he wasn't the, the greatest athlete and he couldn't shoot to save his life. That's what gives me a lot of pause when I'm looking at Anthony Black because I'm not only seeing uh like the mechanics don't wow oh, me. There's awful. a very slow re- release, and it's a two um, is a two part release too. He's he's so there's and it's really hard. Like I think people look at somebody like Jason Kidd who came into the league. I mean, they nicknamed him Asin because he didn't have a J, and now he was. I think he ended up when he retired like top. 10 and three pointers made like that is the exception that is not the rule like you just see players magically become great shooters once they get into the league yes they can improve a bit but there's 
from where he's starting, I think to get to the league average and for defenses to actually go over the pick and roll instead of under, uh, that's going to take a lot of time, a lot of effort, commitment, not only from his perspective, but from whatever team is drafting him. Say, this is a three, four year prospect. Like you are not getting him ready to play year one. I think you're putting him G League. I, I think you want him to really go and hone his skills, get up as many shots as possible, just go into the lab and work because I don't think he's NBA ready. And this is where if I'm Anthony Black, I'm definitely declaring for the draft because your stock is super high. But I do wish this was early 90s and prospects stayed three, four years because then you could actually get a better read on. Is he going to improve that jump shot? Like that is the the biggest swing factor. Absolutely. In, it's, it's the in only Anthony swing Black. factor. Let's be real. And, I, and just in the modern NBA, if I have this much questions about your your shot, your release, your mechanics, just the overall um, the overall package when it comes to the outside shot, I mean it, it's just, it's too much for me to uh, really de- devout a, a lottery pick for that. Now, if he's there at twenty three, the next pick, sure. Let let's take that's that's a player I'm taking a flyer on. I'm comfortable doing that at twenty three. Lottery picks. They're not just a top 14 pick stage. It's a year of being trash. It's a year of hoping for losses. It's a year of you know player development. It's a year of honestly a little bit of suffering. Because let's be honest, a lot of these Blazer games have been a chore to watch. And you got to really make sure you want to hit that lottery pick. And the Blazers did that with Shade and Sharp last year. And they made sure they, they did that with Damian Lillard in, in 2012 as well. So for Portland specifically, I I, I don't oh, this, think I Anthony Black is a horrible fit right now yes. with the Portland Trailblazers. Horrible. I think he could make it work in the right system, but like you have to be creative. You have to absolutely have to be, be creative yeah. with Anthony Black. I don't think Chauncey Billups has the capabilities to be creative with anything, but Anthony Black as a play like as a playmaker, I think you can make him fit if you're creative. I don't think Chauncey does that. So right now he is an awful fit, but let's say Charles Lee comes around. I think that he, he can make it work. You put you put him in the Bruce Brown role when he's not playmaking, and I think it works. You put him in the Gary Payton role. I know this triggers some Blazers fans, but I think he makes it work. But do you think Sage? There's another playmaker currently in the in the league that is a non-shooter. The only one I could think of was Ben Simmons before. What about Giddy? Dyson Daniels. Well, Dyson's still a rookie, so the book's still out on Dyson. Like I'm talking about, a, I have a more faith in Dyson to be a better shooter than Anthony. I do too. Okay. I do too. I think he's a much better defender too. No, I think, I think Anthony's, a, Anthony's a much better defender. Okay. That I think that Kendall Marshall failed because he wasn't a good defender as well. I am very high on Anthony Black's defense. Okay, I think he's going to have to. I think he is eventually going to transition into what Lonzo Ball did through his NBA career: start as the point guard and then move towards that that small forward secondary creator, because I don't know if he's going to be able to stay in front of quicker point guards. He does have to, um, he's a little upright and gets blown by a bit. So I do think he need that's, that's tough to do. Like you can't just Lou Dort, Matisse. You can't Bible. change your body composition. No, it's, it's also tough for a six, seven player to get down that low. Like you know, he is six, seven, that, that, that there's some advantages there and there are some disadvantages there. So, I think it's going to have to be the right system. I think it's going to have to be the right, both offensively and defensively, because you can't just say, hey, go out there and, and stop Ja. You know, go out there and, and stop Scoot Henderson c- coming in. Like, I, I don't know. That's that's going to be a tough task. Maybe he's going to have to guard more two guards. 
Now, he is a fantastic off-ball defender already at 19. And uh, I think that's a big plus. Like, it shows a good feel for the game and a good intelligence. I think he has a very high feel for the game, especially a high feel for the game. If if he had a jump shot, I, I would be, like, top five. Yeah, I mean, I'd be top five. I, I think that's the biggest hurdle with Anthony Black is the, is the jump shot. Obviously, it's 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 disgusting. I think that. Do you want to know who I think he is defensively? I think he's Jeremy Sochan level defender. That that's why I have faith in him. Is that I, I know at least he's going to be awesome defensively and really good passing. I agree with a lot of the things that you're saying about Lonzo Ball, and I think that that's an absolute way that he can go to be an NBA player. I mean, remember Lonzo Ball had the most ugly jump shot in the world when he first came into the league. I think that here's what I, here was, here's my philosophy with Anthony Black. Brandon Miller will never be able to play make like Anthony Black. Never, never. We can get Anthony to shoot average. I think him shooting average is an easier thing to attain than making Brandon Miller be a Anthony Black playmaker. So if we can just make the shot, he has to speed it up and he has to change it. So it's going to be a long time. But if he can change it, he's dynamic, especially with the uh, with the passing. If he just gets to the point where we have to close out on him and then he can use his ability to attack the, the defense, I, I, I think he's he hits value very easily. But it's all upon the jump shot. Quick tangent, the more we dive into these prospects, I think the less enamored I get with prospects not named Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson in the lottery. There's just so many question marks surrounding like the Thompson twins, Cam Whitmore, Anthony Black. Like, do you think this draft class was overhyped from the start? Yes, because because of the two, to, the, the two franchise chains. I think I think it is like that. But I think that it's a high role everyone player, was right? like Wiggins and Parker, and then you threw him beat in there. 2014 was a historically really bad draft class. Like you had Malcolm Brogdon as a second round pick winning rookie of the mm-hmm. year that year. Right. Um, I do think this class is, is, is overrated as a, as a whole. I think you're going to find your value, obviously one and two role player. And that's what you know you're going to get. But I, I think if you can find your, your specialist there, I think the more I, I watch it's, there's just so many questions and they're big questions too. Like shooting is, is not just a little question, Sage. That's the, that's almost the entire totality of a player in the modern NBA. I'm willing to take that chance on him. I, I think he's an atrociously awful fit for the, this version of the Portland Trailblazers. But in the future, if we make good decisions, I think if you just unlock the ability to shoot at, a level where he isn't actively hurting your offense, you get so much value. And I know that that step of being able to shoot so well that you're not hurting. I I think his, what he provides on every other part of the game is worth, worth the effort of getting him to learn how to shoot well. And I, and if you disagree, I totally, I'm cool with it. You're not looking at a at a perfect prospect. There's only two of them. But I think I'm willing to look at the wart of lack of shooting and say if you're if you if he's dedicated enough to work at it and I remember looking at his high school body, 
he's put in a lot of strength and, and good weight on. If he's willing to go into the lab and be a just shoot and learn new mechanics to speed it up and be more accurate, I'm willing to. I'd be. He was on my. He was eighth on my list when I did uh, Blazers Edge Radio. Honestly, he probably is my tenth, but I didn't want to not have Cam Whitmore in my list, even though I don't think he's on. I don't think he's in my top ten. I don't want. I didn't want him like totally go off script. But I would say, yeah, Anthony Black is ten for me. And at ten, if if he can get his shooting, he's providing top five value. Who are your comps? Oh, okay. This one's. Oh, it's tough, bro, because there aren't that many six seven guards that provide all of the the uh, things that he does. Um. My 50th, I see him with an Evan Turner type of career. Because, I mean, both of them are playmaking playmaking wings, wing-sized players. So I, I think that Anthony Black is a better passer than Evan Turner. But, I, I mean, I, th- I see the strengths in both of them. Like, they're both great defenders. Both of them can rebound. Both of them have those issues shooting. But the playmaking makes up for it. So I, I, I have an Evan Turner. Uh, uh, as my fiftieth, but I I I believe in him more than you, so that's that's why there's going to be a big you know cavernous in our comps. My floor, as I mentioned, was was Kendall Marshall. I, I could see him out of the league, um, and I could see a lot of these prospects out of the league before their their first contract is up. That the shooting is just a massive swing factor. To me, and I, again, I was enamored with Kendall Marshall, but then I was like, "Oh, shit, I can't." If you can't shoot, you can't play. And that was in 2012. And I know he's even a better—he's a better athlete than Kendall Marshall, but still, uh, 11 years later, the shooting is even more uh, impactful. Um, I think I will go with my middle of the road. I think I'll go Lonzo Ball light. Like I don't think he has quite the floor vision of of Lonzo. And I, I loved Lonzo coming out of UCLA, and I still think pre-injury that he was just a dynamic uh, playmaker. And I say light too, because I still think Lonzo is a better shooter. Uh, I, I He worked, he did work on it um, to where you couldn't just leave him open. Um, so I'll go with that as my middle of the road. No, I totally, again, I totally understand where you're coming from on a lot of this stuff. Who's your middle of the road? It's tough, bud. Cause yeah, I totally, I totally see the Lonzo Ball thing, but I, I think it's Drew Holiday light. I think I, I believe in the defense more so. So I think he's kind of a, a lesser Drew Holiday, but at six seven instead of six four. Like the def, I mean, I, I, I talked about Jeremy as his comp defensively. So I, I really do believe in the defense, and then. I think I don't I don't see him at the at the 75 being able to, you know, be the alpha of any team. But I think he helps that alpha with all of the stuff that he can do with his passing. What's your ceiling? Uh, you know, this one's tough because he's still very young in the game. But I have Scotty Barnes. Because the both of them are tough. Uh, both of them are tall. Both of them have great. Great vision. Scotty Barnes 
I think if we did a future Friday segment on Scotty Barnes, we'd be talking about the same shit that we're talking with Anthony uh, Anthony Black. So Toronto figured it out what to do with Scotty Barnes. I remember when we had to do 58 minutes, I forced Fred a Scotty Barnes talking point to you about high intelligence, but not a good shooter. So I think he could be Scotty Barnes. But I also think he could be like, if he hits 100, he's he could be Shea. Both of them are tall. Both of them still can't shoot that great. But, I mean, Shea with his aggressiveness just takes it to a new level. But, shit, we've seen Anthony Black have to be aggressive because the rest of his team can't shoot or score. <laughs> I'll say my ceiling would be Celtics Rondo. Rondo still never can shoot basketball. But he was able to figure it out defensively. I mean, elite defender, and he was the floor general for a championship uh, team. Uh, Just always made every team he joined smarter, better, more difficult to play against. Uh, So I think that's the type of player that your six, seven version of that player would be my ceiling. I mean, I'm willing to take that at 10. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I think the... I think the shooting is to, always going to be the factor, man. I, I think he's closer to hitting the floor than the ceiling. I, I think really? there's a... I think the okay. ceiling is... Pie, pie, that's pie oh, in yeah, the sky yeah. to me. Like, I know we say ceiling's pie in the sky, but I think that's like another galaxy Is, it, is his me. ceiling more believable than the camps? No. Really? Okay. All right. What about his 75th? I mean, I think you're you have a, a better than fifty percent chance of him hitting in the middle of the road when you draft him. Okay, but I think Lonzo Ball is just a pretty good role player. I don't know if I would take that in the lottery. I think we're about five six spots apart, really. Like, would you take him at sixteen? That's probably peak. Okay, so yeah, we're. I know that it sounds like we're so far apart. But you can convince, like, I think we're not that far apart in terms of, like, picks. But in our evaluation, Anthony Black does things that I enjoy that I, I, this is where we differ as evaluators in terms of, like, the the playmaking and, like, I oh, think no, that's where we just I differ. love the playmaking. I, I want to, I wanted to like this prospect. Remember, this is to... how I felt a few months ago. I wanted to like him. I did, I told you that. Because of these issues, I didn't want to like them, and I fell in love. I'm not going to get duped. No, catch uh, somebody came with catch lobs, not not feelings. Yeah, but goodness, man, I I caught feelings for Anthony Black, and I know you did, and I, I don't want you to get uh, left at the altar. I mean, he's you know we all know who my number one boo is in this draft. So, all right, Sage, let's let's wrap this one up. Um, and we will be back next Friday with yeah. with another prospect. As we, I would go in UCF. Can we please go UCF? Yeah, we will go Taylor Hendricks from okay. from UCF as our next future Friday high riser, uh, a player who, you know, I'm debate like him or Jarris. I think that's the the powerful. I, I'm prospect. not at that level, but I am. If Blazers don't draft Jarris, I want them. If they keep the pick, I want them to draft Taylor. Like so that's where we I'm got at. something to look forward to. Uh, Where we give up the green on a prospect. That's so great. We agreed on Jairus. You you just completely forgot about that episode. I I feel like with with 
Hood Shifino in this one, we've, we've kind of not agreed completely. So I think our listeners to... prefer that, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so as well. But I'm willing to take a, a throw a dart at, at Anthony Black, and I don't think you are. And honestly, I agree with a lot of the shit you're saying. It's just, I got to take a chance on the on the level of defense that I think he is and the playmaking. But thank you so much for listening. We will be back to talk about Taylor. Peace.